description, this is the episode for you, especially if you want to learn how to drive thousands of subscribers and sales each month through using great customer support and SMS. Yes, that's great. Olipop is a delicious, fizzy, prebiotic, sparkling tonic that's a healthy alternative to soda. So the way we see it, you know, soda has been around for so long is kind of this nostalgic beverage that just has 40 grams of sugar um, and not a lot of healthy stuff. So Olipop is is a healthier take on that. And, and we're just trying to bring bring happiness and fizz to you know, to the broader audience that that's not ready for the sugary for the sugary ones. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I've spent the last six years in very small startups. Um, Olipop is actually the largest I've been at. Um, have been a, a generalist in the earlier part of my career, but constantly was extremely um, into the customer experience and, and understanding how you know customer experience is generally this thing that people get put in a corner with a laptop and 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 put to fend for the company, but you know exactly and there's just this this element of you know people spending so much money on on getting all this insight from customers when the customers are sending are you know sending these emails every single day telling them what what they're missing so there's there yeah exactly and there's just there was something so exciting for me about being able to listen and, and learn and then kind of use that and turn it into a marketing tool and that's kind of how i got extremely interested in customer experience and, and spent the last Last couple of years diving a little bit deeper in that. Um, spent some time at a direct consumer luggage startup out in Israel. Eventually got to uh, Nugs um, in New York and have since transferred to Olipop. Talking about the sugar, all I could think of was that that meme that's been going around for of the child's so science fair project of amount of sugar in drinks. So you have water, then your uh, sports beverage than your red can cola, than your racing can energy drink, and just the amount of sugar just gets higher and higher and higher. And but it's so convenient and delicious that people just keep keep buying it. And if you're you're like me, where you, you drink a lot of fluids, but you like a little bit of spice in your water, a little bit of carbonation, there aren't a ton of alternatives. So I'm a fan just just for that. Love it. Yeah, I think there's something there's something to, you know, having a beverage that's cold and refreshing has, you know, two to five grams of sugar and a bunch of a bunch of funky ingredients like, you know, kudzuru and Jerusalem artichoke and, and a bunch of, you know, nine grams of fiber in every can. So eight to nine grams of fiber in every can. So it's just it's something, you know, that's bringing a lot of happiness to people. And, and we're super excited about and it. And it goes into um, a lot of great I think that's a great segue into the what we're going to talk about leveraging your customers as really a marketing channel because it's it doesn't matter it has to have two things you can have the best healthiest drink in the world but if it doesn't come close to the sugary beverages replacing in taste it doesn't really matter so you have to have both taste and nutrition and that does bring up costs just having quality ingredients having a quality product which means your customers expectations are going to be a little bit higher than say uh, no-name cola which is why it's so important to to offer that and we when we were chatting a little bit before about how customer expectations are going up and up and up and just uh, on every on both sides of uh, if I do a subscription am I going to have too much am I going to have too little when I was a child or maybe even before I was born 
uh, my parents, they used to get a pop delivery because they lived in an Italian neighborhood and it was a very Italian thing to do in the 80s. And they went away on their, their honeymoon and when they came back, they had cases of pop delivered. <laughs> and it's, uh, people don't want that. They don't want to come back and have to cancel. And then it's, you cancel and there's a brand and then you cancel as well. When do we call them back? How long is their supply? It's not a great experience if that happens. It's, it's frustrating, but it's also frustrating if I, I want to try something new and it's going to be, be expensive. So let's, let's chat a little bit about uh, more the the second half of keeping your customers happy because uh, I always think of the the office when I say this stuff, but it, it it is a legitimate set. It's five to ten times easier and therefore cheaper to acquire uh, or reacquire an existing customer than to uh, get it go out and get a new one. Which means if you're happy with a, a forty dollars CPA to go out and get a new customer you could be getting that same revenue for as low as $4. And that's something that we should all be getting really excited about. So how do you manage that? And how do you really justify that? Especially when subscriptions mm. can be perceived as just money on autopilot or people say mm -hmm. it may, it turns me into the house and the house always wins. It's like pulling the, the lever on the slot machine, but I, I, I always get paid whenever that subscription comes. So how do you view subscriptions over at, um, at Olipop? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, you know, as a whole, the, the word subscription gets a lot of people anxious because they think of the Comcasts, you know, where you, you have to, you know, spend spend months on trying to get out of a subscription. And, and there's, there's, there's obviously an element of, you know, being in a subscription and feeling like you can set it and forget it. But on the flip side of that, you know, just as much as customers want immediacy and, and, and figuring out the the best time to get their beverages. They also don't want the anxiety inducing part of it where like you leave for two weeks, like you're saying, and you come back and your doorstep is covered with, with, uh, with Olipop. So there, there's, you know, this kind of how we, we, we flip the subscription on its head and, and we, we encourage customers when they sign up, we encourage them to, you know, skip if skip an order if necessary. We encourage them to swap flavors. Um, and we've seen, you know, to date, like 70% of our customers that have stuck around long term have swapped a flavor or skipped an order at least once. And, and honestly, kind of pushing this uh, as, you know, please skip if you need to and swap when you when you want to try something else has has driven our, you know, subscription from zero to, you know, we just hit 2,500 subscribers, which is, you know, almost 30, 35% of our business. So, so, so to give everyone an um, insight or a peek at the velocity of your growth, when we were emailing at the start of last week or, or maybe the week before, you were at 2,000 subscribers. So you're growing fast. And it's, to me, that just means so much. And for everyone listening, I don't know if we, we can mark this as a, a take, take this away as a note. Last year, we saw a huge increase of the number of customers who wanted to cancel their subscriptions. And it's a huge revenue saving opportunity because maybe they get something as a gift. Maybe they're going to, if it's not a, a healthy soda, maybe it's a, a chocolate bar subscription. Maybe they're get, getting a, a Christmas Rocher subscription coming in and people want to cancel that by offering to pause instead so you don't get the buildup or just their tastes are changing around the holidays, you can save a lot of revenue. So if you only take away one thing from this podcast, please, please, please follow Eli's lead over at Olipop and offer your your customers the option to pause their subscription. You're, you will It will thank you and it, you'll probably... 
Uh, I don't know if you have the data on this, but see a higher option when people know that they're not locking it in like the uh, the Comcast subscription. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Um, it, it's it's honestly interesting how over the last couple of months we've also you know joined with a with a company called Electric SMS that offers the ability to text. You know, you can just text swap, and they'll say, you know, oh, what flavor would you like to try next? And and one through five, and you kind of click one for strawberry vanilla and two for orange squeeze. And and we've seen that honestly, putting that on our subscription page, um, we've had like seventy to eighty percent of our subscribers sign up to this Electric SMS, and these are people that they don't even have to go online to to swap or skip or cancel. And to be quite frank, you know, some people that cancel with Electric SMS will rejoin two months later. So th there's something about, you know, not putting that big old gate, not telling customers you're stuck in this forever and just giving that flexibility and really, really removing all kind of friction from subscription that we're seeing grow much faster than the brands that make it really difficult for customers to, to move around. Yeah, it's almost like people want the freedom to, to leave their, their sort of subscription when they when they want, they don't want to be locked in like, like a cult. A hundred percent. Yep. That it's, Hey, this is a service that we offer for your convenience. If you don't want it, don't take it, but it, it's here. So you never forget, or you never run out, or you don't need to pay uh, a high grocery delivery fee when it's 11 o'clock at night and you're, you're just a little bit thirsty before bed, which, which I, I love. And so going into um, the, the, the SMS, the tax message marketing. By the way, do you call it SMS or tax? How do you how do you call it that? Um, we we go both ways. It honestly depends on the week, but it's it's usually SMS. Um, and uh, it's it's something that we started a couple of months ago, and it's actually been a total blast. Um, it's something that that I've been leading at Olipop, which is also kind of interesting. You know, Olipop has has an interesting take on these things. Generally, SMS over the last couple of months has turned into a strict strict marketing tool. Um, and it's usually done by the marketing team. And I think having the director of CX uh, on top of the SMS is, is a novel one. But um, I think with what we've seen is, you know, so many brands found this new shiny tool and, and this new shiny object. And they're just they, they went hard on abusing it. And they took this super intimate tool and used it to hop into people's phones every hour. And, you know, to think about it, like I get I get SMSs from from three people and one of them is my wife. So, you know, thinking about who's getting you know what brands are doing with this sms um and and how fast you're pushing people you know away is something to think about often but i think you know people look at what we're doing and they're like you're barely advertising on it like this must be this must be super lame and then you know when the interesting thing is that when we you know launched our new flavor and we we did an exclusive um early early launch on SMS, you know, we, we sent out a personal message from our founder and, and formulator Ben, um, and that, and that launch did, you know, $10,000 in sales in, in less than 15 minutes without any discount. So, you know, it's, it's almost like the jab, jab, right hook. <laughs> if that keeps going, I mean, it yeah, like, it doesn't, we'll be in a good place, but yeah. the rate, it's almost like uh, a sprint. It's wild. Usain Bolt can't keep up that, that speed forever, but it's, it really does get to add, add a little bit of nitrous oxide but, but it adds that that right hook to to the constant jabs of your marketing and sometimes it's almost you when everyone's zigging you have to zag if you're constantly giving marketing messages but the channel is so novel and intimate you don't need to so you can just take a step back and and people will will follow as as you saw and especially long term as well 
people will remember that that one of the first brand text messages they got was from the founder of of this small drink company called Olipop, and then they see you uh, in the airport in a couple of years, and they they remember that, and then they buy you there too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's something to say about about you know developing long term relationships. I saw I saw on Twitter a couple hours ago, uh, Chris. Chris Cantino from from Schmitz, yeah, he I'm tweeted Schmitz right now. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> he tweeted uh, this morning. He's like, you know, the, slow is underrated. You know, like like brands are always thinking of the most agile, the fastest, you know, fastest way to to make money and the fastest way to bring in new customers. And there's something to be said, you know, with growing slow and steady and strong and and maybe even adding friction because you want customers to learn more about your brand so they actually stick around as smooth and smooth as fast it's Mm -hmm. slow you're consistent you're reliable people liked uh, carson and letterman because they knew what they were getting every night and it followed that same that same pattern but it just doesn't pop in immediately It, it has to become part of that that routine but once you have that you're set and you also don't oversell which especially in software we see and people following tech it's almost we assume that we have infinite supply but when you have a longer run rate and i'm just going to get i'm going to go deep into the economics here for for people so correct me if my numbers are wrong but let's say um you you have a canned beverage and just to get that that canned beverage your can is probably going to cost what eight to twelve cents plus another eight cents for the label if it's a small batch and you can't custom print so you're looking at uh, 20 to 30 cents for the can cost just before before you even put that beverage in, which is a lot of money to be tied up in inventory, which you, you can't sell. But at the same time, you don't want to run out of cans or labels because then you can't sell your product. So there's a, when it comes to food and beverage in particular, there's such a balance to strike with growing at the right pace. So you don't need to, uh, so you, you don't get uh, a missed purchase order, for, for instance, for not having enough uh, labels for your can, so then you can't fill that giant order from Target. But at the same time, you don't wanna be sitting on $600,000 worth of packaging. And so many uh, small small food and beverage brands forget about the packaging uh, as really an ingredient. And I just love that as a way to grow slower, to make sure that you are uh, growing at a slow, steady, healthy pace when it comes to the economics of your company. Yeah, I think there, there's a lot to say on the on the supply chain side, and there's there's a lot to say on just growth of a customer. I think that customers also want to feel like they're they're having a part in building the company, and they, they don't want to feel like they're just you know in a revolving door where you're okay with them coming and going, and and that kind of ties into retention as a whole. I think you know customers customers want to feel cared for, and you know brands that. I can think of, of a list of them that have grown so fast, but if you have an issue and you reach out, it feels like you're just one in a million. And there's something about, yeah, something about individuality. A while ago, and I was embellishing it a little bit to, to say, address your customers by first name to promote the gorgeous blog post because it's so basic. Mm-hmm. Dear customer, as an example of what not to say. <laughs> but, and, and like, I, I, because I wasn't paying attention because I, I never read an email like, it's addressed me as dear customer. And then I kept seeing dear customer all over the place. And it's like, you have my first name. You ha- It's wild. You, you, you know how often I go to the bathroom. You- <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. And I think that that's like, that's the beauty. I mean, one of our, fa- honestly, one of our favorite uh, parts of, of gorgeous is, you know, the, 
the macros. And I think the macros are, are fascinating when used right. Like what, what we what I continue to preach is, you know, take a macro, build out a framework and then add a little individuality in every message that really makes customers understand and know that you're talking to them. Um, and that's something that's that's been huge for us. I mean, like we we've had obviously the last couple of months have been wild. Um, shipping has been all over the place. There's a lot of things that aren't in your control, but one of the things that are in your control is is really caring. And and you know we've throughout all this all this stuff we've kept our our you know customer effort score in the 90s. Like what we we just continue to make sure that people understand that we really really care about every order. And it's not rocket science, but it works. It's not. It's and sometimes I think we do get overly complicated by trying to have all this stuff. And you really hit it on the point. So I guess here's tactical takeaway number two for for all the gorgeous customers listening is create a solid macro and give your team the flexibility to adjust it. If you know that a customer is a vegan, include a link to a blog post with a, a vegan recipe. Or if you know that they're uh, trying to kick a sugar habit for weight loss, say hey. Uh, and maybe they say in their email, I love you guys so much. You've been, you've been uh, phenomenal for my, my weight loss. I'm down 86 pounds already. Can't wait to, to join this entry club. Uh, but I have to admit, I'm a little bit disappointed with my last order. Exactly. And all of a sudden, they've opened up and shared a very intimate detail of their life. They don't want to hear, cool, your order's been refunded. They want to hear, mm -hmm. congrats, congrats on the weight loss. It means so much that Olipop could be, be a part of it. We didn't start our company to be to be a, a weight loss tool, but we're glad it can have that positive, healthy impact on your life. I'm so sorry that uh, it didn't work out. Well, I've gone ahead and refunded the order and here's a $10 uh, gift code to uh, to celebrate the next milestone or whatever it happens to be. Because I'm about to hire you. I'm, I'm about to pick you up. <laughs> um, but uh, when you use that tactile empathy and really go, go into them, it's, it's amazing the difference that that makes. And people just want to be understood. They want to be be heard and, and felt. And the cost of a $10 gift code to keep a profitable customer, it's, it, it's, it takes a while to lose 86 pounds. So if they've been with you that long, like you, you probably, uh, and I really don't, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I want to look at customers as more than just uh, revenue, but that's probably a pretty profitable customer. So to spend, a refund and give them a gift card for a future use is really small. It, it's peanuts when compared to some of that larger marketing budget that we we talked about. And I think that it goes into something else that you you hinted on. And I haven't really uh, done my job as host to prompt it for you, but having your CX team manage that SMS because think about who you would tell over text message that you lost eighty six pounds. That's very intimate. You don't want the response to that to be, uh, good job on, on losing 86 pounds. Here, <laughs> here, why don't you buy, it's buy two, get one free on Olipop so you can keep drinking Olipop beverages. That's not what people Exactly. Want so why, uh, so let's just talk a little bit about that burnout and really look at ways to be proactive, to chat with customers, text with them. Um, as you mentioned, 75 snake plants to customers. It's right in their day. It's, I had to read that sentence very carefully, Eli, because I read it as you sent 75 snakes to your customers. And I'm like, A, you either have the most badass customers ever, or, <laughs> you just, or I'm Rudy Julian in the new Borat because you got me good. But, but tell me a little bit more about how you, 
uh, can really yeah. be proactive with CX to to keep those customers happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's so fascinating because I was talking about this on Twitter last week that I've 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 chatted to a couple of brands over the last four months, and you ask them all the same question: like, what do you what do you think about customer experience? Like, do you view this as a as a proactive tool? or reactive and everyone says the same thing like obviously it's proactive and then you say like okay so how much money are you willing to invest in it because you spent you spent four million dollars on marketing last year so what are you willing to spend on customer experience and the answer is always like spend i mean i'm paying salaries like this shouldn't cost anything to provide good customer experience to provide good customer experience <laughs> you like, you and the reality before yeah i know It's, it's wild. Look at the tools you were using. Oh, we're happy with everything. They're using ways. Gmail, right? Yeah. Gmail. Outlook, yeah. It's like, you know, the IBM Celestica type ball or the IBM type ball. Great tool for stenography. Mm -hmm. Still works. Built like a tank. Nothing's wrong with it. But we stopped using typewriters around 1986. Just because it works doesn't mean <laughs> what your customers want or expect. Exactly. And I think there's something like that's kind of like my, my I guess my spiel is that customer experience, I mean, as, as a rule, uh, customer experience associates and reps turn over so fast because they work for companies that don't necessarily value customer experience as proactive and they just spend most of their day, you know, battling. And, and there's something to say about not only, you know, coming up with these like, like our novel ideas of, of sending snakes or snake plants, you know, to customers on a, on a Tuesday, but you know, there's something to say about putting in the money and putting in the work. And, and, and obviously, you know, there's something, the fun part about this is doing it all at Olipop uh, where the culture is built on like empathy and integrity and, and they're like so pro and, and excited to do all this stuff. But, you know, like my team is actively engaging with customers that aren't necessarily reaching out to say that we messed up their order. You know, like there, if a, if a customer's only interaction with you is negative, there's a negative connotation with, with your brand. It's like, every time I reach out to you, something is messed up and, and yeah, you did a good job on fixing it, but there's, there's something to say about reaching out to customers and doing something nice and sending them a nice card and, and, and sending them, you know, a tote bag or whatever it may be when everything's going well. Absolutely. And it's one of the hardest things to do. I've struggled with it myself when I was running Truths Happen. It was every customer that had an issue, we would always resolve it. But I was always wanted to bring that in ahead of time. It's because no matter how much people love Band-Aid brand or Polysporn, they probably never want to buy those products if, if mm -hmm. they have to. And I just love keeping it positive to avoid um, to avoid a lot of that burnout. And it's more fun for, for the team as well, which... And again, going into investing in your CX team, they're the ones that your customers tend to have the most intimate relationship with with your your company. If they're burnt out and just exhausted, and maybe they don't put give 110% into that, that conversation, the customer doesn't remember that, and they remember your brand and your company. And I think that, I just wanna plug another um, little gorgeous tip here with macros is, set up some rules for negative customers. So anyone using foul language, anything like that, and just triage it to, to set up some sort of an automation mm -hmm. or review it so that you know going in that it's going to be angry because no matter how tough anyone is, it can be hard to take a lot of abuse. And it's not really talked about, but a lot of agents do see, do face verbal abuse from from reps. So you, not only do you save time, but you're saving your, your CX team's mental health a little bit and making it just a more enjoyable experience for for them to to go in and talk to customers and you free up their time to do the fun stuff like like send your customers a box of snakes 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And, and the more I, this is like a personal thing, but like I, I implore CX leaders, like go into the inbox, answer the tough emails. Like d don't only do the fun stuff and leave your team to, to clean up all the messes. Like get out there, get in the field. There's no way you can, there's no way you can create strategy and, and framework and, and journey without understanding what the inbox looks like at a, on a regular week. Take the difficult emails, answer them. There, there's something to say about you know a customer that really got messed up that receives a, an email back from the director of CX or whoever it is. Take it seriously. Hop in there. Put in the work. I mean, there, there, there's. It's honestly pretty, pretty amazing, but simple at the same time. When you see the responses to these messages, people want to be heard. They want to be understood. They're, they're spending hard-earned money on your product. They're, you know, don't, don't take it for granted. To you, it might look like a small. A small order, but for us at at Truth Happen, if people were choosing to spend three to four times more with us than um, an equivalent product in in a store that would sit, fill the same need, it, that's a huge decision, and they have to be treated well, and they, people have to be excited to to talk to them. And I mean, I'm sure we could just jump on that all day because I think we're we're kindred spirits there. But as we we wrap it up. Uh, this is a really good segue to 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 close it up of sort of that experience of uh, D to, of the D to C purchase, just the D to C purchase experience, but uh, and going beyond orders and tickets when you when you see it come in because especially since COVID when we're all remote it's very easy to be just plugged into a dashboard and forget that it's we're all humans at, at the end of the day. So I'd love to, to take it home with those, uh, those two notes. I think we said we would try to keep it under 15, but it's going to be, be, it's going to be a long, but great podcast. I might have to edit my, my <laughs> out a little bit, but why don't you take us home there, Eli, with that D to C experience and talking to customers like people viewing them as more than tickets and orders. Yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing about this is like, I, I've been in, in the D to C space for a while and, and there's something that kind of kept talking to me is that the, the experience of you getting pulled into a beautiful, gorgeous website, like so many of these websites, people can, you know, spend $100,000 on a website and it looks and, and feels beautiful. You know, you, you get pulled into the website through a, through a Facebook or Instagram ad, you come onto this beautiful website, you, there's this leveled up excitement and you're, you're kind of going through their little funnel and, and you finally make the decision to place the order you click place order and then there's kind of radio silence for a week and a half until you get the order and, and now with fedex or usps or what's going on now it can be two weeks and you don't hear anything from the brand and 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 yeah and and you haven't even gotten the product yet and yeah exactly and there's something about like how do we keep the magic in that time frame, like what can you know and some ideas we're thinking about is you know different email flows and welcome flows that bring in happiness and, and explain to you more about the brand instead of selling um and that's kind of like like my my uh my thought on this is is how can we make them really really understand our brand and what we're about before we start selling like, and even going into product marketing your customer support team can be your product marketers. Maybe people come in because of the taste, but they stay because it's nine grams of fiber and they get the prebiotics, but they didn't know the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic. So the first email after that confirmation sale isn't, um, hey, here's your tracking number. It's PS, we're not a probiotic drink, we're a prebiotic drink, here's what that means. Here's exactly. what you're gonna be feeling great in four weeks. Exactly. And here's who created the drink and, and here's some some words from people on our team. And, and, and here's what your 
what your microbiome looks like after having, you know, a bunch of a bunch of healthy prebiotics. So that's kind of I feel like that's just a dead space that brands over the next couple of months, especially D2C brands really can can nail down is figuring out what to do in that blank space. Yeah, no, I I just I love that. And it goes back to sort of what we said a few minutes ago about using the macros to say, uh, you know what, our customers just don't know enough about our story. We've just uh, built this gorgeous new about us page. Let's make sure people know about it. What's the point of building it if you don't, you don't hide it in the corner? If you did a pop up shop in the mall, you don't hide it in the back behind parking lot behind the dumpster so that nobody <laughs> finds it. You got to tell people about it and yeah. say, hey, uh, what do you think of our new about us page? What what uh, what are we missing here? Uh, what ingredients should we highlight? And it's getting everyone on that same page with that same message to tie it into what they're doing. Yeah, and there's something to be said. You know, that's kind of one of my favorite things about shared inboxes and 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 the and staying away from tickets is you know just just understanding that customers are people. I mean, these are people that have spent money on your product and they've finally received your product after waiting for it, and they took the time out of their day to send you a message, either that they love it or that they hate it. But there's there's something about understanding that these are unique people and and reaching out to them and talking to them as such has has you know for us has been the biggest win, you know, keeping it frictionless, keeping it effortless, keeping it simple as has really kind of rocketed us as, as a CX team. And, and I'm, I'm super humbled at, at what we've, at what we've done and, and what we continue to do. Well, awesome. Eli, it's always, uh, it's great seeing you on Twitter, on social media, where can people find you? And it's even better hearing about your enthusiasm for your, your customers and, and of course, gorgeous as well. Yeah, so uh, Olipop is drinkolipop.com. Um, if you'd like to find me, it's uh, at Eli Weiss uh, with three S's on Twitter. Um, still waiting on getting the real at Eli Weiss. But um, yeah, and you can always kind of shoot me a DM and always happy to chat. It's true. That's how we got connected. That is true. That's a fact. So if all that Eli wants for the holidays is his DMs filled. Just positive comments you're gonna be rude don't do it dm me instead you can vent to me let your anger out air air some grievances with me if you try to like pop if you enjoy this podcast chose gorgeous because of because of that let Eli know uh there's nothing that we love more than hearing positive feedback it's been a pleasure lucas thanks you like take care thank you that was a lot of fun just a fresh desk i've used them all and there's there's i mean obviously recording if you don't mind (laughs) i really have i've used them all like i've used i've used the zen desks the fresh desks the you know the front the everything there's something i mean obviously the fact that shopify's in there um it's just like you don't have to refund an order in three different places but there's it's just it's the wrong tracking number it's exactly it's like you're wasting valuable real estate to tell them you screwed up Exactly. It's it's just built for it's built. You can tell it's built by people that really give a shit. So I, I I've been loving it every single day. I, I only started using it at Olipop since I since I joined in June, but it's it's been phenomenal. When you guys reached out about doing a podcast, I was like, hell yeah. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I love I love the I love gorgeous. I love everything about it. Seriously. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And it's great to great to hear kind words. Yes, always. Awesome. Take care. Thank you so much.